0: NASCAR is a registered trademark of the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Incorporated and is used under license by NASCAR.
1: When I actually got into mini socks when I was 14, so I won Rookie of the Year, I won the championship, I won races, set track records, and I had like grown men, 40-year-olds complaining, like crying in their pit, like saying we're cheating, doing all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, just just take it. Like, I'd be fair and square, you know?
2: Hey, everyone. It's Tyler, and welcome to Toyota Untold, Motorsports Edition 3.0. Our motorsports story continues. It's a sequel. Or a prequel. Or a... (laughs) And because I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd, it's the motorsports version of the Chamber of Secrets. In Season 1, way back in the early days of Episode 3, we had a great time meeting our team Toyota drivers. And in Episode 6, we got to know the Toyota approach to racing. So if you haven't heard those episodes, go back and check them out. First, we talked to Brittany Zamora from Washington State. Like a lot of female drivers, Brittany is from a racing family. Her father, Mike, is a driver and taught Brittany all about cars at an early age. Brittany races with Bill McNally Racing in the NASCAR k and Pro Series West, where she had two pole positions this year, plus six top five and nine top 10 finishes. Let's hear more about Brittany's rise to the top. All right. So we're back for another episode of Motorsports Day. And this was actually like our third episode that launched in season one, Motorsports Day. And we got such great feedback to it. People love it. So we're here today with Brittany Zamora. You are a racer in our Toyota Development Driver Program, correct?
1: Yes, that's correct.
2: All right. So tell us how you started driving just in general.
1: Yeah. So, I'm actually a second-generation driver. So, Mm -hmm. the spark kind of came from watching my dad and being at the racetrack my whole life. I went to the racetrack when I was four days old because my dad was competing and competing for a championship. So, he couldn't miss it. Of course. Um, And so, it's been in my blood, you know. It's it's what I've seen, like… As a kid growing up, that's what we went and did as a family. So, yeah. it just felt natural. And watching my dad race, I wanted to do exactly that. I got into a go-kart when I was four years old. Mm-hmm. Did that for nine years. Won national titles, championships, track records. Decided it was time to move up into stock cars. Started in a mini stock to just kind of get the feel for, a you know, a cage around you. Right? Right. And did that for two years. Got championships track records, wins, all that good stuff.
2: Is it just, it seems like a natural progression for you, right? These are the next things to do.
1: It is, exactly, yeah. And I wasn't able to get to this level without Toyota, so I'm very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And their development program, I'm one of the lucky few that they selected.
2: For people who don't know, how does Toyota help?
1: Yeah, so, you know, getting to the next level of the NASCAR series, a lot of it is being able to have the funding to be able to go to each race because it's unbelievably expensive that… Your normal family just can't afford coming out right, of your pocket. Right. And so, you know, I had to prove myself from, from the age of four, whether I knew it or not, I was proving myself all the way up till when yeah, I was… You just you thought know. you were racing go-, go Exactly, and yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, it turned into fun, into uh, this is what I want to do for career. So, you have mm-hmm. to prove yourself. And so, all those years, I, those championships, the wins, the track records, they all added to my resume. All the community service we've done. Um, really impressed Toyota. And I actually went to a combine last year around this time. And got evaluated. They liked me. So, I moved on. Kept doing evaluations. Kept doing evaluations. And eventually, it came to a NASCAR k test. Mm-hmm. And they really liked what I did there. So, they offered me a seat for the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, that our success this year will, you know, keep bringing, bringing yeah. on more years.
2: What happens during these evaluations? Is it simulations and driving? Is it physical? Is it mental evaluate Like what, what goes
1: on? Oh my gosh. It's just about everything you could think of. They mm-hmm. test you on, you know, whether, how you can do in interviews, whether mm-hmm. you're good at talking and promoting and whether, again, feedback on the track, how well like, can you do that? And then they take you in a car and you'll run several different tracks. Mm-hmm. So I ran all over California and Vegas and um, they do physical aspects. I mean, you're always training, right. training every single day that you can. And so, They take everything into account and it really adds up.
2: How do you train for races?
1: So I do a little bit of both. I, you know, study past races. I'll go to YouTube and Mm -hmm. I'll watch races. I'll study lines. I'll study like where if I could see where they're breaking, where they're lifting, what strategies they use, like when they pit. And then also, besides that, you're trying to like physically, you're trying to make sure you're given the endurance to run in the the heat, the long races. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's super eye-opening on like how much that training goes into the endurance aspect and how much of an athlete you have to be to Mm -hmm. be able to drive a race car.
2: At what age you said, you said, I decided I want this to be my career. At what age did you decide that?
1: Um, I think I fell in love with it the minute that I, you know, started racing go-karts. Like, it felt natural. This is what I wanted to do. And then once we saw that we were becoming successful and we got the national titles, we're like, maybe we can actually do something with this, you know, turn it more into then just like a hobby, like turn it into a, you know, like a career for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of when we took the steps into stock cars and we're trying to just see what we could do there and if we could move up through the rings.
2: Right. Now, you said your dad was a driver as well and and in the biz, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Did you know, was there a time period where he went from like focusing, obviously, you were there at four days old (laughs) to support him, where it turned and now he's supporting you and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, of course. And so when I did go-karts, he was still very competitive in stock cars. And then it kind of balanced out the weekends, you know, when I wasn't—my schedule was, like, primary schedule. And then when I wasn't racing, he would mm-hmm. go and race his cars. Right. And then got into stock cars, and, you know, he kind of was, like, weaning out of it, and I was getting more and more into it. And I actually took over his car. Oh, in no. twenty In, like, 2015, <laughs> he drove the superlate model. 2016, it was mine. Oh, that's and amazing. And so, it was just a big turnaround, and he went from racer to crew chief, but— he loves it. He says that he would rather be my crew chief than racing any day. So
2: how have you seen your career progress like through the season with the NASCAR Canon Pro Series West?
1: It's been huge. Whether you're talking about how I have to adjust driving styles, you know, coming from the super late models in the Northwest Tour, just every aspect of it, going to the racetrack, how you spend your weekend, um, the driving styles you endure, et- everything is so different that it was kind of like a whole different world that I stepped into back mm-hmm. in February in my first race. And yeah. so, you know, it's hard to like transition from what you've learned the past 15 years of your life and just throwing it out the window kind of and driving a whole different new way. Yeah. And so, that's a, that was one huge thing that I had to learn to adjust to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to race like that if you want to be competitive and if you want to be able to compete for wins in the series. Yeah. Along with that, you know, just… The traveling schedule. Mm -hmm. Like I used to, you know, go to school. I went to college on campus. I would drive to my races. On Sunday, I'd drive home. And then I'd be, I was like student slash (laughs) racer. And now, I'm like 90% racer, 95% racer than like school when I have time to do it. (laughs) And so, and then I'm flying all over the country, going to sponsor events, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm just having the time of my life. It's fun.
2: Uh, What are your goals for the next couple years?
1: So, personally, my goals are just to, you know, keep within Toyota and Mm -hmm. keep moving up the ranks. I would really, I would absolutely love to be involved in the ARCA series next year. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why there was a lot of like pressure on me this year to do good and prove myself.
2: Fantastic. Now, Eric Jones told us last year that when he was 12 and he was racing, and some guy came, he was like 40 years old and like punched him in the face because he won a race. (laughs) And he was like, I don't know what happened. You haven't experienced anything like that, right? Um, In this no no holds bar series.
1: (laughs) No physical fights. But (laughs) when I actually got into mini socks when I was 14, Mm-hmm. So I won Rookie of the Year. I won the championship. I won races, set track records. And I had like grown men, 40-year-olds yeah. complaining, <laughs> like crying in their pit, like saying we're cheating, doing all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, just just take it. Like I'd be fair and square, you know?
2: <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're doing well, Brittany more. Thank you for joining Toyota Untold. Yeah, thank you so much. Next, we talked to Harrison Burton from Huntersville, North Carolina. Harrison is 19, but he started racing at the age of five his career really got going at 11 and he was discovered at 13. At 13, I was just really getting going in basketball in New Jersey. New girl living in New Jersey. (laughs) Currently, he competes in the NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series and the number 18 Toyota Tundra for Kyle Busch Motorsports. That's a truck full to say. In October, it was announced that Burton will run full-time in the NASCAR Xfinity Series next season. Harrison may be the son of former Cup Series winner and current NBC Sports NASCAR analyst Jeff Burton, but he still had to learn to drive and pay his dues. Harrison Burton, welcome to Toyota Untold. Talk to us about how you started driving.
3: Yeah. So I I grew up watching the sport. My dad was in the Cup Series for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I kind of was born right in the middle of his prime, I guess. So... I I got to see the good and the bad and, and how much work he had to put in. Uh, growing up, going to the racetrack, I, I kind of had that, that work ethic kind of instilled in me from my dad, and then I just wanted to, to try it. When I was five years old, I, I started racing, and it was not, you know, I was five, so I mm-hmm. wasn't thinking, you know, I want to do this for a job. It was just something fun to do. Right. But as I got older and started winning and, and kind of found success from working harder and getting better... I enjoyed that feeling of of working and then having it pay off right. and uh, getting better and better as you go. So, it started taking it more serious. And, and when I was 11, I started getting into stock car racing. So, mm-hmm. I ran my first late model race when I was 11. So, yeah, I've, I've just been plugging away for a long time and, and making my way up.
2: So, talk about the Toyota Driver Development Program and how you were introduced to Toyota.
3: Yeah. So, I actually, I was running a, a super late model race and I was... 13 and I wasn't supposed to be running it uh, you're supposed to be 14 and, and somehow I slipped through the cracks it was racing <laughs> at 13 and I won a race and mm-hmm. and um, these two guys in suits walked down and they said oh we'll be in touch nice to meet you and I'm 13 years old and I'm shivering I'm scared <laughs> right turns out it was it was you know Jack Irving and, and Tyler Gibbs from Toyota that were in Daytona for the cup race came mm-hmm. down to watch the Lay model race and I won that race and then I kind of Slowly got introduced to the Toyota driver development program over over that kind of slowly started building that relationship more and more and more mm-hmm. and uh now it's it's developed into something that's crazy we're We're working out in the Toyota gym every day and uh, going to Toyota simulators and, and doing all this stuff to help the drivers get better.
2: Kyle Busch told a story about Eric Jones last year when we interviewed him and how he was like, I don't want to get beat by that kid again. So he's going to be
3: on my team <laughs> or else. And I feel like that's
2: kind of what Toyota does. We don't want to get beat by other drivers, right? And so why don't we just foster the best drivers?
3: It's a big honor to get into the Toyota driver development program. There's a lot of work that goes in before you get um, to come out for, you know, Toyota driver and racing day. And, and then once you do get in, you have a structured system around you, and it seems a lot more stable and comfortable. And you're able to work and get better and better.
2: We do love stable systems.
3: Yeah, I tell you. <laughs> absolutely.
2: <laughs> um, so, what's the lifestyle like as a young driver?
3: So, it was really crazy about a year ago. I was mm-hmm. still in high school, um, so I would, you know, I would go and and go to school from you know eight to three, and then from three to eleven or whatever it was. I was either working on racing stuff or doing homework or missing class, going to meetings. And and now I graduated high school. So it's strange. Like you go from structured here, here, here from mm-hmm. eight to 11 o'clock at night. And then it's like whew, wide open. And you're like, okay, what do I do with my time? How right. do I manage that and get better at that? And that's something I'm still learning. I think yeah. scheduling is something that's tough about it and and all that trying to manage. I raced for five different teams this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. So I was all over the place and trying to manage that was tough. But I think. The more you do it, the the better you get at it.
2: Yeah. Can you name just like a big lesson on the track that you learned as like a student in this program?
3: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is is confidence and all the mental stuff that goes with racing. You know, you can study and work as hard as you can. But if you go to the racetrack and you don't believe that you can do it, you're in trouble. Right. Uh, I found that over this year. And the more you get down on yourself, the worse you're going to run. Right. So it's it's a very mental sport. And... Um, you got to have confidence to drive a race car 190 mile an hour into a corner and, and know that you're going to be faster than the other guy and right. try and beat those people. And, and so it's it's tough. And, and I think this year has really made that come prevalent is how big the mentality of being a race car driver is.
2: Yeah. So do you have other kids who reach out to you and are like, hey, man, I want to do what you did. How do I do that? And what advice do you have for them?
3: Yeah, that's always a I get like Instagram DMs of people <laughs> that are like, how do I become a race car driver? And it's always so tough because you look and there's like a million different paths people have gone on. It's like, you know, Jimmy Johnson came from off-road trucks and Eric Jones came from, you know, super late models. And mm-hmm. uh, we have a Christopher Bell came from dirt racing. And mm-hmm. uh, there's all these different ways and avenues that that drivers have made it to the top level. Yeah. I think Toyota does a good job of recognizing that we have, you know, development drivers from dirt, development drivers from asphalt, development drivers from, you know, anything you can think of Mm -hmm. that are working their way up and wanting to be in NASCAR. So that's something that is really good about the development program that Toyota has put together is it's not just you have to be in this series to get in Toyota. Right. It's you can race anything. If you're good at it, you're in.
2: Be honest. Did you know about the Toyota? driver development program before those two guys in suits reached out to you?
3: No. (laughs) 100% (laughs) honest, I didn't. You know, I I had, you know, seen people that were in it and Mm -hmm. I didn't understand what it was fully. I I mean, I was 13, so I didn't understand what a lot was. But, you know, I I think that when you get involved in it, you know how hands on it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But before, it's like, oh, well, they give them a sticker and they're (laughs) Toyota drivers, right? But when you get involved, it's like, dang, we're Employees of Toyota, it mm-hmm. seems like we're working all the time trying to get better for them because they're investing time and money and energy mm-hmm. into us. Uh, we definitely want to repay that with race wins.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining Toyota
3: and Tulsa. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
2: And then it was time to sit down with Holly Holland from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Holly is an 18 year old sprint car driver with Keith Coons Motorsports. Nickname Hollywood, of course. Holland is a fourth generation racer who began her racing career in junior sprint cars at her home track, Port City Raceway, when she was five years old. Five seems like a good age to start, except I can't even imagine my almost eight-year-old starting at that age. Holland made history this year by matching the best ever finish by a female driver in the National Midget Feature Event with a second place finish in the Power Eye Lucas Oil National Midget League. And lucky for me, Holly was very lovely and gracious when it took me many tries to get her last name right. Welcome to Toyota Untold. So we were just sitting here talking behind the scenes about your schedule and racing and how crazy it is. How often are you racing?
0: All the time. I race anywhere from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's November right now, and I've raced ninety-five times this year. And we've had about fifteen rainouts, and so um, I should have been at about ninety races by right, now. Right. And so you're, it's, it's insane. It's, I'm home for three or four days a week. Yeah. And then back on the road. So and it's... Back on the road. And
2: home is Oklahoma, right?
0: Yes. Tulsa, Oklahoma.
2: Oh, yes. my goodness. So what do you... You just said you had two weeks off. And what do you do with yourself when you have two weeks off?
0: <laughs> well, I actually... I, I work for my dad still. Uh, he, he owns a race team. And so that's that's where I came from and what I... I've been racing since I was five, and mm-hmm. so I've always I've always done it with my dad. And yeah. so I actually had a lot of work to get jump on. Uh, we we assembled cars and stuff like that.
2: Because I've been wondering, as we've been having this discussion with you, with other drivers, I'm like, are there other siblings involved <laughs> who have this much passion for it too? But it seems like, you know, you and your dad kind of went off on this path, like, I'm going to be a driver and he supported you, yes?
0: I was five when I decided that I wanted to start racing. And obviously, at that point, I wasn't like, oh, I want to be a professional race car driver. Right. I just, I was always around it with my dad racing. and. So stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. it just kind of was embedded into me and I saw another five-year-old racing. And so I was like, oh, I want to do this, you know? <laughs> and I was always at the track with my dad. So I was like, you know, I'm, I might as well get into this and, yeah. and see. And I actually, I ended up being really competitive. Like I didn't really have any friends at the racetrack because I was focused on what I was doing at seven years old. Right. I like, don't want to go play in the dirt. And my parents totally accepted that. And they never pressured me into racing. I get that question a lot with my dad racing and stuff Mm -hmm. if it it was like, you will be a race car driver and this is what you're going to do. Yeah. And it it wasn't like that at all.
2: And I I totally get that question that people ask, but because they're like, if your dad was, you know... A corporate employee, like, obviously, you might not have taken such an interest in it, but he wasn't. <laughs> so, you were there at the track with him. What was the first thing that you drove at five years old?
0: So, they're called junior sprints. And I don't know if you're familiar with micro I Assume pro- everyone knows nothing. <laughs> okay. So, it's it's a Briggs and Stratton engine. So, a lawnmower okay. engine. And so, that's that's what I started driving at, at five years old. And I...
2: What does the vehicle look like? It's not a lawnmower. <laughs> no,
0: it's not a lawnmower. <laughs> That's what it's, I just pictured. It's lawnmower like, it's racing. Like, um, so you obviously you have a full containment seat. It's not yeah. like a go kart. Okay. Um, so there's actually like a cage. Cage, yeah. And and there's wings on it. Like okay. You're probably familiar with yeah, yeah. with a uh, uh, wing cars, and so it's just a pretty much miniature way miniature version of a sprint car. You know okay. what I mean? Just yep. as mm-hmm. small as you can get. Because a lot of people um, so started that, off
2: with go-karts right. at like five years old. Then you'd, you went full cage at five. <laughs> <laughs> Yes,
0: I was. So, I raced junior sprints uh, from when I was five okay. to, to 12.
2: So. All right. So, then how how did your career progress from that to where you are now?
0: Well, from when I was like five to nine... I don't feel like my dad really wanted me to be too serious in the racing stuff, like still wanted me to kind of do other things too. Mm-hmm. And so he wouldn't let me race like every weekend that I wanted to race. He was just kind of like, you know, we'll go to the lake or do this or that. Well, when I was 10 and like more aware of it, I was like, I want to win a championship yeah. and I'm not going to move out of junior sprints until I win a championship. So it took me until I was 12 years old and I ended up winning the championship. And so then I I moved on and went into to the full Full size micros and those are motorcycle engines right. and so 600, 636 cc's mm-hmm. and so I ran those until I was fifteen mm-hmm. and I still race those on and off but uh, that's kind of when I got more into the midget racing and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's just gone up from there <laughs> yeah and
2: so talk about how Toyota came into your life and the program the driver development program
0: well they were actually they were watching me a little bit longer than what I had what I had thought. So Does that freak you that was, out? That you're
2: like, oh man, I was being watched to, yes, to potentially it did. be developed. It yeah,
0: most definitely freaked me out because <laughs> it came out of nowhere, and it, I feel like it was it was super subtle, so I didn't really know. Like at this moment, they recognized who I was. Mm-hmm. I guess because I I still don't know. To yeah, this day. <laughs> yeah. you don't know
2: when the exact moment. <laughs> yeah. was. right.
0: So it's it's I'm lucky to be a part of it. I I don't know exactly. I I think it was a product of a lot of things that mm-hmm. that um, put me put me in that position. But I'm thankful for
2: that. Nice. Um, so, what have you had to do for the Toyota Driver Development Program?
0: They, I mean, they've definitely done a lot more for me than what I've what I've done for them. But um, not necessarily. Just, hold, just, on, uh, hold on, hold <laughs> <laughs> on. Go ahead. Talk
2: talk about what they've done for you.
0: So, they opened a gym in North Carolina. So, mm-hmm. just even that, like bringing bringing a trainer in, nutritionist in, and. Making the transition from dirt to asphalt has mm-hmm. has been the biggest thing they've supported me a lot. I ran full time with keith Coons this year um in the dirt stuff, so they've supported me a lot through that and and put me in the position to to be a part of of the highest highest midget team in dirt mm-hmm. racing and so that was that was definitely a a bucket list thing for me was was to race for keith and so they put me in position to do that and just uh with the simulator and stuff um in North Carolina the Toyota simulator making that transition from from dirt to asphalt mm-hmm. uh, i definitely wouldn't have been able to do that uh without them so it's i'm slowly making making that transition and mm-hmm. and testing a few more uh asphalt stuff so
2: for people who don't know how difficult is the transition from dirt to asphalt
0: it's polar opposite like you can't take too much from dirt racing to help you in the asphalt stuff minus like the only thing that's helped me is is st- to not spin out like yeah. a few times when they're like oh the, the dirt racer new has come out and i'm like okay like <laughs> i didn't get into the wall whatever but it's just it's completely different you you drive completely different and in a dirt car you have to drive the car super hard into the corner and granted i've only really ran asphalt on on shorter tracks so right. you are obviously like off the gas a lot more but I don't know exactly, really, and I haven't been really doing the asphalt stuff for long enough to know really what from dirt has helped me in it, yeah. but they, right now, they feel like two different worlds. Like, you just have to change <laughs> right. your mindset when you go from that's one to the, the other. That's probably the hardest so. thing
2: is you completely forget everything that you've learned or know right. and get on this different track.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's 100% how I feel right now. Right, so. <laughs> right.
2: What does the future look like with Toyota Racing Development and with your career?
0: I really, I want to stick with, stick with them and stick with the program, stick with what I'm doing. I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at and the route that, that they've taken with me. They're patient and they're, they don't like, I don't feel like I'm rushed to, mm-hmm. to get, get to asphalt. And really, I feel like that they take the right steps and that's what produces good drivers. They're yeah. not, you know, rushing, getting into the truck series or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like my biggest thing is I want to, be competitive at every level before I just move on. Not right. not taking it too fast is kind of kind of where where I'm at, and I feel like we see eye to eye on that with with Jack and Tyler, and that's conversations that they've had with me. And I'm fortunate with my age; I'm still really young, mm-hmm. and so it it helps uh, with with things not being rushed. Because I feel like at some point your age kind of comes into play. Mm-hmm. um on on kind of what opportunities you get so
2: do you race people who are similar in age to you or do you race any age out there
0: any age i'm, yeah. I'm 40 year old men yeah. 14 year old you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. it's all across the board
2: okay well holly holland thank you very much for joining us
0: thanks for having me
2: And last but not least on Motorsports Day, we talked to Christopher Bell. He's 24 now, but he too was once a kid on a dirt track tearing it up and pushing his parents to find a way to focus all of his energy and talent. Christopher's from Norman, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's a pretty good place to be from if you want to get into racing. Bell is currently a seven-race winner and 2019 championship contender in the NASCAR Xfinity Series driving the number 20 Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing. He'll drive the Levine Family Racing's number 95 Toyota in the NASCAR Cup Series beginning in 2020. And if you have a kid who wants to get into the Toyota Driver Development Program, Christopher Bell's kind of the icon that you look to. Christopher Bell, welcome to Toyota Untold. So we've heard so much about you in the racing world. We people talk about you all the time, which is awesome. But I think the big thing is you are kind of like the gold standard when it comes to the Toyota Development Drivers Program. When did you get involved? How did you get involved? And and how have you been working with the program?
4: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. For me, I started driving for Keith Coons Motorsports, which is uh, I think you've just got told a little bit about them. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a dirt midget car team. And at the time, I started in 2013, and at the time, they were just sponsored by Toyota. Okay. And there really wasn't a driver development program. Mm-hmm. And I had replaced Kyle Larson. I don't know if you're aware of who he is, mm-hmm. but a cup driver uh, who was at Keith Coons Motorsports the year before me. And basically, Kyle Larson's rise to stardom with Chevrolet, because mm-hmm. Toyota didn't really have a place to put him, Right, um, opened the door up for me because they saw how talented he was, what he was able to do in the dirt car, and how well that translated to the stock cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, the better he did, the more that I got pushed up and up and up. And next thing you know, this driver development program has started of uh, trying to put young talent and, and see how they progress and, and where they go from there. Yeah.
2: Did they ask you for your input on like, hey, what, we're thinking of starting this or do you want to be a part of this? Would you be interested?
4: Honestly, not really. Yeah. They just kept bringing me like, hey, we've got a super late model. Would you be interested in testing it? Mm. And I'm like, Sure. And Then we went and tested, and then a couple of months later, we got a couple races, would you like to race it? Yeah, I'd like to do that, and that turns into uh, a full- time season running super late models a year later, and, and then all of a sudden we've got a couple truck races. Do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of fly by the seat of your pants for myself and also the the guys that are doing the program. Yeah.
2: Yeah, what was it like to finally then join the program? And you're like, oh, I get like this is what you guys have been doing and planning for behind the scenes.
4: Yeah, it it was weird because, like I said, there really was no program before I got submerged in it, and so it wasn't like a formal invitation. It was just all (laughs) of a sudden where there's more drivers behind me, And, Mm -hmm. and the the same people that are putting supplying me with these races to run are now supplying drivers behind me with. You know, now that I'm in the truck series, they're running super late models and yeah. and the the dirt stuff. So for me, it never really felt like I was really into the driver development program just because I was kind of the guy, I guess, spearheading it and yeah. and um creating that path for the younger guys behind me. So for me, I never really got invited or anything. I was mm-hmm. just kind of the guy that I guess made the path. So talk about it. how important
2: is it then to develop that pipeline of drivers. And I feel like Toyota does it now, obviously. It's more formalized. And they're investing across series. kind of doesn't matter what you drive or how you're driving as long as you're winning or succeeding. Toyota's kind of scouting at this point. How important is it for Toyota to be building that pipeline?
4: It's huge. And one thing that they've done a great job with is just focusing on building the future. And a lot of the teams and manufacturers in, the, in NASCAR, the the cup series right now they they keep once guys get there they keep recycling drivers and at some point those drivers get old and and then all of a sudden they're like uh oh what do we do now who's going to replace them so toyota is building their future you know 10 or 5 10 15 years down the road right. by starting this program and i think it's great
2: and for people who don't know we tend to do that at our plants as well so we invest in heavily in stem programs in local high schools around plants uh, so that we'll have a yeah, talent that's, pipeline. That's great
4: news. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah.
2: So what is the lifestyle like as kind of a young driver and, and now moving kind of into the top of your game, right? Now the kids look up to you in this program.
4: Yeah, it's it's really cool. And it's definitely a different lifestyle. For me, I was a professional dirt racer before I became an NASCAR racer. And, and the dirt racing lifestyle was completely different than the NASCAR lifestyle because the dirt racing style, you're uh, traveling, you're traveling by car the majority of the time and, uh, you're driving to dirt tracks all across the United States. There's a lot of time in the car. You're home, not, you're not home very much at right. all. And then, uh, now all of a sudden I'm in NASCAR, which you would think would be on the road a lot, but you're traveling by plane to all mm-hmm. the races and, uh, you're home all week long and then you fly out to the races and then you fly back as soon as the races are over. So, uh, I, I love it. It's a great lifestyle. It's very fun demanding. Mm-hmm. by I, I don't want to say physically demanding, but uh, there's a lot of pressure on you.
2: Yeah. Talk about that lifestyle. And, and you said it's different. And is it physically demanding as well? Like once you're in the vehicle?
4: Physically demanding, I would say it's more mentally demanding. Okay. And the hardest part about our jobs is whenever it the May, June, July months come and you're inside these sweat boxes and (laughs) you have to be in there for hours and be on top of your game, taking the cars to the limit, lap after lap after lap. Mm -hmm. And it's 100 degrees outside. Well, inside the car, it it can be 130, 140 degrees. So that part of it is the most demanding part. It's just dealing with the heat.
2: Yeah. Uh, Talk about the Cup Series and how it's going for
4: you. I'm really excited about going to the Cup Series. It's I'm going to be going with a uh, a new-to-me new, new to me team. Mm-hmm. I drive for Joe Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series right now. And next year, I'm going to be changing to Levine Family Racing. Yeah. So,
2: What are things that you have to get ready for in making that change?
4: Uh, number one is going to be the longer races. The Xfinity Series are typically 300-mile races, where the Cup Series is 400 to 500. And we do have a 600-mile race in the mm-hmm. Cup Series. So that's going to be a big adjustment for me. Uh, the rules package right now is quite a bit different from series to series. And obviously, there's a, a lot deeper field in the Cup Series. Mm-hmm. So, I think the rules package and then the longer races is going to be the biggest adjustment.
2: What do some of your goals look like moving in to the Cup Series?
4: Uh, I just want to be successful. Obviously, <laughs> winning would be outstanding. Yeah. I understand that a rookie in the Cup Series is uh, very unlikely to win. Mm-hmm. So, I, I understand that it's going to be tough for me to win. Yeah. I expect to be competing for wins. And I expect to be competitive with my teammates. Yep. And uh, and I think that's fine. My Perfect. Goals.
2: Christopher Bell, thank you for joining Toyota Untold. Thank you. To tell us how the TD2 program works, we caught up with Jack Irving after Motorsports Day. Jack scouts and guides young driving talent for Toyota. And according to Jack, you got to start them young. So today on Toyota Untold, I have Jack Irving, who's the Director of Team and Support Services of TRD, or Toyota Racing Development, And he is involved in the TD-2 or Toyota Driver Development Program here at Toyota. Jack, welcome to Toyota Untold.
5: Thank you for having me.
2: Of course. So uh, how long have you been involved with this TD-2 or the Driver Development Program and why was it created?
5: So uh, about nine years ago, I think it was, we, we were... In a situation where we had a driver named Kyle Larson who was racing in dirt for us for one of our development teams, Coons um, Motorsports, and and we were trying to find a path for him to race in, in, in pavement for for one of the Toyota teams, it was extremely difficult. Part of it was we didn't have any sort of uh, formal plan or path, and part of it was just this understanding from the teams of what our role was and what their role was. We're typically a technical organization doing engineering work. The genesis of the program was about eight years ago, and then it's kind of evolved into what it's become. So the need of the program was ultimately to be in racing and, and, and for people to, to know you're in racing, you have to win. So our whole goal is to win as many races as we can in any series that we're competing in. And one of the ways to do that, besides having great teams with great cars, is to have great drivers. Mm-hmm. So we we spend a lot of time making sure that the teams we're with have, have extremely good equipment that were involved technically to make sure that that equipment is very good. We supply a bunch of technical resources to the teams from a bunch of different testing equipment, engineering support, simulation help and simulation tools for the drivers, so then it evolved into being the drivers themselves as well, so we, we got much more involved in the day-to-day uh, scouting and engagement with drivers to try to make sure that no matter if the driver has a little bit of money or no yeah. money yeah. or a lot of money, that there's a way that, that a very talented driver could come into the Toyota program and, and become a race car driver, like somebody like Christopher Bell, who came from Norman, Oklahoma, and didn't have anything from a financial capacity, but he was very, very talented and won an awful lot. And so we were involved with him from a very young age until he made it to the Cup Series, which he's racing in next year.
2: Was he one of the earlier drivers after Kyle Larson?
5: Yes. And then Christopher Bell was one of the dirt kids. He was the first official dirt kid we had after Kyle Larson.
2: Right. So you mentioned working with the teams and getting in with the teams. Is that how you scout the young drivers? And, you know, knowing them and they come to you saying, you got to see this kid. Uh, And then what do you look for when you scout this this talent?
5: So we we have a few different ways. The teams are the most important part just because there's so many nuances when it comes to a race car driver, but initially it was definitely all team-based, and then there's timing and scoring that, that we have access to for kids racing all around the world, and we have ways in which we can take in the timing and scoring, and there are certain things that we look for and analyze to see what type of drivers may be out there that we're looking for so and then we've created some software that we can go through the data to try to understand it a little bit better and then typically once we've if, if it's a team or if it's us that have found a driver then we start running some tests and we'll have we'll invite them to different combines and different tests the teams get very very involved at that point and we get full breakdowns of you know, what the driver does well, what the driver doesn't do well, things you need to work on. Um, if they have raw speed or not, there's just, there's a lot that comes into just the driver portion of it.
2: Is there a driver that just is one of these combines, and we talked to a couple of our, our drivers in the development program, but is there one in particular that just blew you away from a, you know, raw talent standpoint?
5: So recently, it's, it's interesting. We, we've, we've ran a couple combines recently, and one of the drivers, Jesse Love, has been quite good we we've known Jesse for a little while so it's it's not new to us we've known him for two years three years I think now I think we we started with him when he was 13 and so so he's been quite quite fast we have a a world-class simulator in in Salisbury North Carolina where we we do typically it's cup um, development of cars and, and drivers and driver access just to the tracks and it's a simulator where we can simulate the exact track condition, tire conditions, all kinds of things on it. And with the newer tests that we've done, the stuff that we've done in the last couple two months, we definitely see a change in the drivers when they get to track. So some of the drivers who have very limited track time have done quite, quite well And the, the, the basics of it is just because they've been able to use the simulator and they understand the conditions. The car dynamics are very similar. The physics
2: of the car are, are very similar. Right. So, we had the opportunity last year on Motorsports Day to talk with Kyle Bush, and he talked about how uh, he got beat by Eric Jones one time and he didn't like that. So, he actually reached out to him and he said, I want that kid on my team because I want to race with him instead of against him. Um, what has Kyle Bush's involvement been with the Toyota Driver Development Program?
5: So, Kyle's a huge uh, piece in the program. Um, you know, I think ultimately Kyle's equipment is top notch. Kyle hires amazing people to work with um and so his company as a whole is, is fantastic and it's it's really I, I i when i'm talking to kids about it when they're when they're are tracing I, I i link it to you know it's the new york yankees in the way of of, um, of motorsports i mean you you go there and there's an expectation to win the pressure is there kyle is not nice about it and the respect that he expects you to win as well um which is what we want um the equipment is is is, is in the best equipment in the garage so so you get all the tools you need to win which is fantastic and kyle does you know he's he's a champion he's he's extremely neurotic about race cars all he wants to do is race um so he's 100 percent involved in the development of the race cars he's involved in the day-to-day of the program so if, if kyle bush is telling you you entered too low in turn three you probably did so he just has a, a certain level to him that, that he brings and, and a, a focused Kyle on our program. It's, it's one of the reasons why the program has the success it
2: has. And talk about that. So has the TD2 program changed racing for Toyota and maybe changed the face of racing and who who's involved?
5: So TD2's focus, it doesn't matter where you're from it's just looking for the best drivers so so there is no no kind of you know preconceived what you should be where you should come from what you should have the td2 program doesn't doesn't care about that that's one beautiful thing about about our ability from toyota's involvement to be able to find the best and the race car drivers there are and 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 bring them through and see if they can make it so we have access to so many different people if it's if it's You know, people from all different outskirts of of the United States and where they're racing and who they're racing with. So, so that part gives us a bunch of flexibility. It also opens us up to diversity that we probably would normally see. So, when we started the program in dirt racing and specifically, which is where one of our Phase Nine engines is raced uh, uh, in in midget racing, it's it was a program where normally it's a good kind of next step. You know, it's it's a good next step for 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 your kind of race car development to go midget racing. So there was no female race car drivers that raced in it, not consistently. There was a few here and there, but no one raced in the national series. Mm -hmm. And we went from no one racing in the national series to now we have three girls competing in the national series every year. In the last few years, this has been going on. And part of that's because of Toyota's involvement. Because we've actively pushed and found strong female race car drivers who can race. And you're seeing more and more of that coming up. And and I think that's probably one of the bigger successes of the program is that it opens up the door and there's there's a path for people to, to go through that may not have all the means to get there. They know that there's at least if they can go and they can win, that we're paying attention and can help them move along if, that, if they have the talent and the grit to do it. So that's probably... Probably the, the biggest change for the program, I think, is just the access. that That it, it's not about how much money you have or what kind of car you can buy. It's the fact that we can help you get into a top level car, and it doesn't really matter what you have. There's all kinds of obligations that come with that, from a you know sponsorship participation, team participation, and all of that with the, with the drivers. But but that's something I think that has changed the, the the face of our program. The Other groups have done it in different ways, just. We're doing it our way, obviously, and that's just different for us, which I think then gives us this, you know, you'll get somebody like a Christopher Bell who's been a Toyota driver since they were 17, 16, whatever age it was he started, and that's all he's known. He's known our program. He's been involved with all of our people. We have all kinds of training mechanisms for him. We have testing mechanisms for him. We work with him every year. There's all kinds of media training. There's all kinds of event stuff that we do. So they're immersed in the Toyota way from a very young age, and then that translates into what we hope to be as strong race car drivers and good humans as a whole.
2: Yeah, Uh, and we had the opportunity to talk to Christopher Bell and Brittany Zamora and Holly Holland, and Harrison Burton. And I think one of the things that stuck out was, uh, at least for everyone except Christopher Bell, um, a lot of them had families who were involved in racing. Does it tend to be a generational thing for kids that are involved with their parents? I think Christopher's kind of an outlier in that. but Or does it seem that there's a mix between people who just started in the sport and generational uh, kids? So that's interesting. It's a great question. So it's different with each kid,
5: which is funny. Um, I, I will say with with female drivers, most of the time, a, a, a person raced in the family. They were exposed to racing. Right. With young boys, it, it's kind of all over the place. So Eric Jones, his mom, I believe, read an ad and decided to give him a chance racing. <laughs> if mm-hmm. I remember right, um, Christopher Bell, same thing. They dirt raced in his area, and his mom decided to, put to or mom and dad decided to put him into a race car. And then you have the Harrison Burtons who kind of have this 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 royalty family bloodline that has raced and, and has been quite good. So racing is an exposure piece too, right? So you know if you grew up in an area where there weren't racetracks, it's difficult to go race. So if you grew up in you know downtown New York, you probably didn't go to a whole lot of racetracks. And if you grow up even in you know Orange County, California, there's not a ton of racetracks that are near you. So when you grow up in some, you grow up in Norman, Oklahoma, and there's a racetrack around the corner, then then you have access to it. And and it's the type of racing too, which is which is also part of it. So, kart racing is big because you can race indoor karts at K one speedways stuff like that. So, there are kids who will kind of started that way and then in in the midwest and some of the areas there's a lot of dirt racing so it's just what you have access to so what the difference between if you were a pavement kid if you were a dirt kid was just demographic and where you grew up Mm -hmm. the ones who've never raced are always the fascinating ones because the stories are always so different i mean Mm -hmm. if it's eric jones where his mom was just trying to keep him busy or if it's christopher bell who you know they had a dirt track nearby and said hey we should give this a shot and the next you know someone helps them out they get to race more. It it really does show a ton about humanity as well. I mean, people are willing, especially in the racing industry, to help each other. And and if people see talent,
6: everybody wants to help. It's pretty amazing how that comes through in in trying
5: to help young kids because they, they see something special in them.
2: Yeah, definitely. So what does the future look like for the TD2
5: program? You know, I think for the most part, we're always looking for the, the best out there. And so my my hope is that we wanna find a, a competitive female driver. I think that's something that we're we are actively looking for consistently and, and I think we will you know, there's we have good ones that are in the pipeline that we're still developing and, and I think, you know, more than likely there's some eight year old racing right now that I'm hoping we're gonna find in a few years and that we can work with and, and, and bring to to NASCAR and and win at the Cup level. I mean that that is the ultimate goal. I think everything else is is kind of what we're currently doing. Find the best drivers, put them in the best cars, the best teams, and let them learn and hopefully become winners and champions for Toyota and keep them in the program. I mean a part of it is a car count and and where we can fit drivers, and, and we're going to bring drivers in and we're going to lose drivers based on what everybody's needs are. But our our kind of our our job in the sport is to try to make the, more, the sport stronger and better and, and I think that's what we're doing with, with this program. We're doing our very best to, to train and to find kids to be the best race car drivers they can within hopefully our vehicles but even if they're not in our Toyota vehicles that they learn a lot about us and who we are as humans and, and they take that forward and, and have a positive representation of what Toyota brought to them and, and in the future have good thoughts about us going forward and hopefully pass that on.
2: Well, it sounds like I need to get my seven-year-old daughter into some race cars.
5: <laughs> I would highly, I would highly encourage that. I know a guy that 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 would be a very good idea. All right, it's it's
2: some of it really is just access. Just get them access to cars; it'll, it'll all work itself out. I did. I asked that question to Martin Truex Jr. last year. I was like, "So, what do I need to do to get my kids, you know, into this?" And he was like, "Just go to a local track. Start with go karts first." <laughs> It's it's much simpler than people think it is. Now, getting further is hard,
5: but I mean, ultimately, it 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 really is just access. The, the, the you'll see you'll see what other people see when you watch them race. I mean, there's there is something definitely special about kids when they get in cars, and if they have it, you, you know it pretty quickly. It's pretty amazing.
2: Awesome. Well, Jack Irving, thank you so much for joining Toyota Untold.
5: Thank you, I appreciate it.
2: Hey, racing fans, as part of Motorsports Day at Toyota, and as a bonus for our listeners, I snagged a little time with Martin Truex Jr. for a quick status report on his season going into Homestead and the championship. If you didn't watch the race on November 17th, Team Toyota finished one, two, and three with Kyle Busch winning the cup, Martin Truex Jr. coming in second, and Denny Hamlin coming in third. So let's talk to Martin Truex so we can find out what his approach was going into the race. Go Team Toyota. So you've had a pretty good season. You've done what you set out to do. Was this your goal? Was this what the vision was before the season started?
6: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the vision was to try to win some races and make it to the championship four. So we won seven races, which is more than anyone else. Yeah. This is great. And um, you are locked into Homestead right now. Mm-hmm. So one more race to go till we go down there and race for a championship.
2: I know. And so what does that look like going into that race? What is the plan? Is there no plan? Yeah,
6: I mean, we have a plan. I mean, you know, this year has been really tough because the rules have changed so much on yeah. the cars. And every track is so different. So mm-hmm. Homestead is a very unique racetrack. And so we've really been working for weeks to try to figure out, okay, what do we take to Homestead? How do we build the car for there? What, do we, what is our approach? Right. Um, and it's been a real challenge to figure it out. But I feel really good about it. I feel like those tracks that are like Homestead have been some of our better tracks this year. Mm-hmm. Tracks where, to explain it, the tires wear out. Yeah. The car slows down. As the run goes on, the more yeah. laps you make, the slower you get. The car slides around more. That, those tracks have been good for us. And Homestead is really the most one that's out there that direction. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good for us, and uh, it should be fun.
2: So we're here at Motorsports Day. I thought it was pretty rude that they put Kyle's car right in front of where you are talking to.
6: (laughs) My car is in the big museum where all the people walk through. I've seen it. So I'm like, "Ah, one day or like all year? Which one do you want? I'm, I'm down with being in there all year.
2: Perfect. Well, good luck this weekend. We'll be rooting for you. Thank you. Yep. So that's the scoop on young, overachieving team phenoms in the motorsports world. Racing is pretty much like any sport in that it helps to start young and support and development are crucial to making it. So that means I got to get my almost eight-year-old daughter in a car or a go-kart or something pretty soon. And it's total life, focus, dedication, obsession. It's all part of it. So that's it for this episode of Toyota Untold. Our show is produced by Sharon Hong and Allison Powell. The music you're rocking out to is by Wes Meixner. We are edited and mixed by Crate Media. Thanks again for listening. And if you enjoy our podcast, make sure you give us feedback. Hit subscribe, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and email us your comments to podcast at toyota.com. And if you want to talk to me on social media, make sure you tag Toyota at Toyota on Facebook and Twitter, at Toyota USA on Instagram and YouTube. Thanks, guys.